struggles we have in our culture today because we have a culture that's so full of information and the kind of the cultural norms is don't ever let someone know that you don't know. It's a kind of a culture of superficial pride. Whereas if you ask somebody a question, it reveals that you don't know. And so what we do is we don't ask good questions. We tend to want to make ourselves look good in front of others. We put on an air that says we have it all together. We know everything we need to know. Pastor Daniel today introduces a new series examining the art of living. And in it, we learn that there's a certain amount of vulnerability that needs to take place. We don't know everything, but the more questions we ask along the way, the more we'll learn what God has in store for our lives. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message, The Main Thing. on something that's absolutely extraordinary and this is what it is you're alive right now and that is a tremendous blessing if you are listening to this message whether you're sitting here in the crossroads sanctuary or if you're part of our internet campus or if you're catching this later on the internet or on our mobile app or whatever it means that you're alive And that's a tremendous gift, isn't it? It means that you are here now with the ability to grow and to learn. But there is a unique issue that each one of us has. And that unique issue is the fact that your life today, it's not a dress rehearsal. This is the only chance you have to live your life today. And that's kind of a terrifying thing, isn't it? Because you think about a dress rehearsal. I remember growing up, my family was all into musicals and plays and all that stuff. You'd practice, you'd learn your lines, and you'd have the show. And, and the dress rehearsal was the last rehearsal where you're in full get-up, and you go out there, and you make sure everything works great. And then the performance is the next night or two nights later. But your life is not a dress rehearsal. Like, you don't get to go through this one time and hope that the thing is going to work out. You are living your life right now. And your life is whatever it is right now. You don't get to go back and redo yesterday. How many of you wouldn't mind going back to a point in your life and redoing some stuff? There are some times in my life, if I could rewind the tape, go back and make a bunch of different decisions, it would have been awesome. A lot of heartache could have been avoided. But each one of us is living and has a life that you're responsible for. And that's why I think it's so important. We're starting this new series today that I'm calling The Art of Living. So if you like hashtags and stuff, that hashtag Art of Living. I believe that this series is so important because this isn't a dress rehearsal. It's the real thing. 
And we all need to learn the art of living. And I love the phrase, the art of living. If you've ever met an artist, or if you're an artist, any artist will tell you that their piece of art is actually never done. Right? It's always something that's in process. Now, maybe an artist will put a painting out there and be like, okay, here, here it is. But any artist will tell you, you're never actually done working on it. There's always something you can do more. As a musician, written tons of songs. You have a song and you're like, yeah. And then you're like, well, I could change this part. I can play this thing different. I can do this. The drums can change. You do all this different stuff. But at some point, you just put it out there and you're like, okay, here it is. And in a lot of ways, that's exactly what life is. Because there is an art to it. There is, you're building, you're figuring it out. You're learning how to do it. And every day, guess what? You just go out there. You put it out there the way that it is, in process, not fully together. But you put your life out there. You live out loud every single day. And the art of living is important. And we want to learn that. And we're going to spend literally the next three, four months learning this art of living. Now, what's amazing is, is that even if you don't think about it, you are living out the art of living. See, everybody follows some idea on what life is all about. How should we live this life? What should we do? Even if you are unintentionally living your life, that is still a way of living your life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's a pretty serious statement from Jesus, isn't it? See, Jesus is saying that his coming, his teaching, his living is that we might not only have life, but have life in a more abundant fashion. Now, I don't know about you, but if I get one chance at life, and this is an address rehearsal, I want to actually understand what this abundant life is all about. And we're going to spend our time exploring it. I think one of the reasons this series has become so important to me is because when I look around at the world that we live in, for so many people, life is tough. It's challenging. People are hurting and angry. Now, some people would say, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention, right? Have you ever heard that one? If it doesn't make you aggravated, you're not paying attention. Now, I'm here to tell you that might seem true, but if you only get one shot at life, do you really want to live that life angry? Does anyone want to say, that's a great life. I've been angry since the day that I was born. Does that sound like a good life? See, we live in a world that there's so much brokenness and there's so much pain. And the ways that our culture said, this is what life is, doesn't seem to be working. They just had the happiness survey. The United States of America was ranked 17th on the list of the happiest countries in the world. Wealthiest country in the world, 17th on the list. More and more, each passing year, Americans say that they are unhappy with their life. Maybe we need to look at the art of living. But at the same time, I also think one of the reasons that this message and this series is so important to me is because within the church, it's so easy to see the people of God who know God's word, but when you look at their lives, their lives are a train wreck, really. 
Where you watch people who should know better act in some ways that you're like, how does somebody who knows the word of God so well actually live this way? And I think for some of you, you feel that too, right? You're like, I should be different than the way that I am. God wants each one of us to learn the art of life, and we're going to study it together. Now, today is going to serve as its own message, a standalone message, but it also is going to serve as kind of the outline for what we're going to do over the next three or four months together. So it's going to be a self-contained message, but it also gives us the playing field that we're going to be looking at. I've called this message the main thing. Why? Because we need to learn how to keep the main thing the main thing. Isn't that part of the art of living? Taking the most important thing and saying, this is the most important thing, and keeping it before our eyes. So in order to do that, I want you to open up in your Bibles to Mark's Gospel, chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. The beauty of this text is that we, Jesus has asked what the main thing is, and he answers it. And if you've been part of church at all, you've heard this before, but maybe Today, God will allow us to hear it and see it with fresh eyes. So Mark chapter 12, I'm picking up in verse 28. Look at what it says. It says, then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God. And there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the soul and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. Now, this passage that we've read takes place in that last week of Jesus's life before his death on the cross and his subsequent resurrection. He'd entered into Jerusalem and they heralded him as the king. And then all these different groups of people are coming, asking him questions. Some, their questions are honest because they want to know some answers. Other ones, they just don't like Jesus. Jesus is upsetting the social order and the apple cart of the day. He was the original rebel, so to speak. And so they were just trying to catch Jesus in his words. But then this man shows up. It says that he was a scribe. Now, An interesting job. This was long before the day and age of the printing press and printers and word processing. If you wanted to read something, somebody had to copy it by hand. Imagine that. 
I mean, we live in the day and age of Amazon where you want a book, you can just click a button, it downloads onto your little mobile device and you can read it right there. Imagine like, hey, I want this book and it's like, well, it's going to take nine months to copy the thing by hand. But that was the culture. This man's job was to hand copy God's word. And he hears all the people talking about Jesus. They've been asking him questions. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, all these different people asking Jesus the hot button issues of the day. Things like, things like, I wonder what they're going to do about this thing. Like all the hot button issues, they're bringing it to Jesus. Seeing what Jesus is going to do with it. So this man comes and he asks the question, which is the first commandment? Of all. Now, this is important for the art of living. You must ask questions. If you want to learn the art of living, you must ask questions. I think it's one of the biggest struggles we have in our culture today because we have a culture that's so full of information, and the kind of the cultural norms is don't ever let someone know that you don't know. It's a kind of a culture of superficial pride. Whereas if you ask somebody a question, it reveals that you don't know. And so what we do is we don't ask good questions. Even if we don't see, I think maybe the bigger problem is, is that in our culture, we're so used to having so much information, we just assume we know everything. Right? We just assume, oh yeah, it's like, you know, it's football and something goes on and we just assume we understand what it's like for a little running back to get hit full speed by a 325-pound chiseled linebacker who hits him full speed. Oh, yeah, no problem. Just get on up. Go to the next play. It's like, well, that might hurt a little bit. But our culture assumes that it knows, so we don't ask good questions. What a great way to learn the art of living. I do this all the time. When I meet a couple, a married couple, and their marriage looks, they love one another, and you can see that there's a togetherness, and there's a unity in their marriage. I always ask questions about that. Because as a younger married person, I'm like, Lord, I want to learn how to do that. And I see someone who looks like they're living it out. How do you do that? Talk to me about this. How do you do this? What do you do with this? And I ask a lot of questions because I want to learn, and you need to learn, and I need to learn how to ask good questions. See, this scribe, he hears the murmuring about Jesus and what he's saying, that he's answering well, and he goes up and he says, okay, so which one is the first commandment? Now, that word, first commandment, it literally means the foremost commandment or the most important commandment. He says, listen, what's the most important commandment? Now, this was an important question. Because in Jesus' culture, God's law has 613 distinct commandments. Out of those commandments, 365 of the commandments are negative commandments, things that you shouldn't do. And then there's 248 commandments that are positive commandments, things that you should do. Now imagine that. Most people, you say, so how many commandments are there in the Bible? They say, oh, there's 10. Well, no. There are 10 unique commandments that were written by the finger of God given to Moses on tablets, but that's just the unique 10. There's actually 613 total. In that way, I like to joke that God's law is kind of like the IRS tax code. How many of you ever read all the IRS tax code? There's just so much in there. And so it's a good question. Like, they're like, look, can you bake this thing down with all these different commandments? Can you just break it down to me? Can you summarize that? How many of you remember Cliff Notes? Yeah, I remember that. When I was in high school, back before the internet, 
and you needed to read a book, and it was 140 pages, you'd go to the bookstore. That's a place you actually go and buy a book, right? And they had these things called cliff notes. They were yellow and black covers. You, you could find them. You could see them, right? You go and you buy it. You can read a whole book in about 15 pages, right? You can pass your exam. Now, see, that you kids, you got it made now. Now there's a thing called Google, G-O-O-G-L-E. And you just put in book summary, and guess what happens? The same thing happens. You don't even need to spend your money. As if your parents got an internet thing or you got mobile access, you got it. He's asking for the summary of all these laws. Break it on down. It's a great question, and it gives Jesus an opportunity to answer. And so Jesus answers him. What is the most important commandment? Look at what Jesus says. Verse 29. Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, what I love about this is he wants to know what the greatest commandment is. And Jesus begins with these words. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, this is essential for the art of living. If you want to learn the art of living, it begins with that there is one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, this is very important because we live in a culture that says, if you want to learn the art of living, you need to understand yourself. And Jesus begins in a whole other place continually heralded as the greatest person who ever lived, Jesus of Nazareth begins with, there is one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now listen, what you believe about God will tell everything about the way that you're going to live. And I'm going to explain this to you over the next few minutes. Everybody has a belief about God, whether God doesn't exist or does exist. The thing is, is the Bible teaches us that there is a God and that God is unique and unified. There is a God and that God is both unique and unified. I think it was Nietzsche who said it this way, that God created us in his image and we've been returning the favor ever since. See, when I think about the day and age that we live in now, many of you know, I didn't grow up in the church at all. And so I grew up very much with this idea of, I want God to be this. And when I talk to people all the time, they say, this is who God is. And most often, it's people reflecting their own beliefs onto God, recreating God in their own image. In a lot of ways, it's like the book or the movie, The Stepford Wives. Don't worry, I'll give you a little Cliff Notes version of it. A bunch of guys got together and decided, you know what? The problem with our lives are our wives. So what we want is we want cute wives, we want happy wives, we want wives who can cook real good, and we want wives who will never give us a hard time. And all the men said, ooh, you guys are bold and scared. All the wives are like, I just felt the temperature rise in this place. Man. So what they did, is, at least in the movie, what they did is they implanted a chip into all the wives and the wives became like, you know, Joan Cleaver wives. They just, they were always smiling, always happy, always had some fresh baked cookies and were always in a good mood, right? And 
In a lot of ways, I bring that up because I think what a lot of people in America want is they want a step for God. They just want a God who does whatever they want God to do. I want God to love the people that I love. I want God to hate the people that I hate. I want God to do everything that I ever want. I want God to make me healthy, wealthy, wise, a little bit more handsome or beautiful. I want an endless bank account, and I want to live forever without getting older. And that's what they want God to be. But the thing is, is that we can't make God in our image because we're not God. See, when somebody creates God in their own image, all they're doing is saying, I'm God. You know what's amazing? It's very popular now, the new atheists, right? What's amazing about the new atheists is their idea of not God is just, I am God and I am all-knowing. And my understanding of science, even though it is limited because I am a scientist and I can say that, it's still truer than your truth. Which is just creating yourself as a God. Now, to be fair, a lot of us who are Christians, you're doing the same thing. You want to create God in your own image. No. God wants to create us and recreate us in his image. Just because you think God hates some group of people doesn't necessarily mean God does. And so we have to be fair about it. It's easy to look at someone else, but are we trying to make God in our own image or are we saying, God, who are you and I want you to remake me in your image? So Jesus begins with that there is one God, and then he quotes two verses from the Old Testament. Out of all 613 laws, Jesus breaks it down to two. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then the second one is Leviticus 19, 18. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, you want the greatest, most important commandments? Here they are. There's one God. You need to love that God with the totality of who you are. Heart, the control center of your life. Your soul, your emotions and your will. Your mind, your intellect. Your strength, your bodily faculties. Complete and total devotion to the one true God. Right? That was the Shema, they would call it. A Jewish person would recite that twice every day. There'd be these little boxes with these scrolls with that verse on it, on their hands and on their foreheads. It was the centerpiece of Jewish worship, this text. Right? And then you love your neighbor as yourself. Now, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to break this down for you. You notice it breaks into three parts. You love God. You love yourself. And you love others. This is the main thing. You love God. You love yourself. And then you love others. What does he say? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. See, that's loving God. And then you shall love your neighbor, that's loving others, as yourself. So we have, this is the main thing. The art of living is defined by loving God which leads to our understanding of how we love ourselves, which leads to how we love other people. That's the main thing. Jesus is real. Are we living life to the fullness that God intended when he created us? This is the topic Pastor Daniel began exploring with us today. 
sharing what the main focus of our lives should be. The art of living is laid out in the Bible. We just need to look for it. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel Fusco here. I am super stoked about my brand new book, Upward, Inward, and Outward. Loving God, loving yourself, loving people. I want you to pick up a copy of my book because Jesus said this is the most important thing. And if Jesus said it's the most important thing, then we want to cultivate it and grow in it. This book is going to be a blessing to you and all your loved ones. Get a copy wherever you like to buy your books. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. This month, we'd like to offer you a copy of Pastor Daniel's brand new book, Upward, Inward, Outward, Loving God, Loving Yourself, and Loving People to Anyone Who Supports Jesus Is Real Radio with a gift of $15 or more. This just isn't any copy. It's a special signed copy. Check out JesusIsRealRadio.com to get your own copy of Upward, Inward, Outward by Daniel Fusco. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel shares the different ways we relate to God, to people around us, and to ourselves. Through Jesus' life, we can see the answers to how we should be living and who we should be living for. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series entitled The Art of Living. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio. Jesus Is Real Radio.